This is a recording from a Sunday meeting of the BC Humanist Association in Vancouver. Humanism is a progressive worldview that, without supernaturalism, affirms our ability and responsibility to lead meaningful, ethical lives capable of adding to the greater good of humanity. To learn more about humanism and to support our work, visit bchumanist.ca and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to the BC Humanist Podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our staff or board of directors. Okay, I'm glad you're here. I don't know how you managed to get here in the snow, but I hope you find the meeting worthwhile. And I'll try to switch the <laughs> slide. Okay. Recovery International is a self-help peer support group for people who wish to improve their mental health. Recovery was founded eight years ago by Dr. Abraham Law. This is Dr. Law, as you see, he's very good looking. And that's why, of course, part of the reason I joined. Uh, uh, he was born in Poland uh, in 1891. He went to high school in France, attended medical school in France and Austria, and after serving in the Austrian army, he graduated with a medical degree in 1919 from the University of Vienna Medical School. In 1920, he immigrated to the United States and practiced medicine as a neuropsychiatrist at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Uh, okay, Dr. Lowe noticed that, the that former patients who have been hospitalized at the Psychiatric Institute at the University <laughs> exhibit the re revolving door syndrome. After getting better, they relapse and have to be hospitalized again. So, to improve patient care after discharge, in 1937, Dr. Lowe founded Recovery Inc. with 36 recovering patients. <laughs> Initially, Dr. Lowe was running the group, but after four years, he began to teach members to lead groups in their homes. Following Lowe's death in 1954, Recovery transitioned completely for, from a professionally run treatment adjunct to a peer-run self-help group. And his most important book, at least for us, is Mental Health Through Wheel Training. And uh, it was uh, published in 1950. The recovery method is effective in a variety, to relieve a variety of symptoms and conditions like depression, anxiety, stress, anger, helplessness, hopelessness, and more. It is also great for relationship problems, except my own. Recovery offers its members a method to regain and maintain their emotional health. If you can change a situation, you can change your attitude toward it. The recovery method consists of easy-to-learn techniques and tools for changing the way we react to people in situations we have no control over by taking personal responsibility for our own mental health. So, why do I think Recovery International is wonderful? Number one, it is an inclusive, secular organization open to people of all creeds. You don't need a doctor referral, you can just drop in regardless of issues. Number two, it is free to attend with a suggested donation of $5 if you can afford it. Number three, meetings are held weekly. Well, if you are thinking of getting away with just reading the book, remember this. You may have practiced bad thinking habits for decades. 
new good uh, thinking habits need practice. One month after reading a book, if you're anything like me, you're going to forget it all. <laughs> so weekly meetings are a good reminder. Number four, it is a self-help peer support group. Meeting are facilitated by volunteers who practice the recovery self-help techniques. We are not mental health experts or trained professionals. By attending group meetings, you'll find that you are not as special as you think you are. There are others who share your experiences, difficulties, and symptoms. Number five, the recovery method is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the most extensively studied non-pharmaceutical psychological treatment method. Cognitive behavioral therapy is based on the premise that our negative emotions are caused by our thoughts. Often, we take our emotions as evidence for the truth. However, this is a mistake. Negative emotions are, are often based on distorted thoughts. Distorted thoughts. Unpleasant feelings merely indicate that you are thinking something negative and believing it. Your emotions follow your thoughts just as surely as baby ducks faithfully follow their mother. But the fact that the baby ducks follow faithfully along doesn't prove that the mother knows where she's going. Members learn how to identify and manage negative thoughts and behaviors. Our, neg our main tools are called spottings. Spottings, short, memorable sentences that help us spot angry and fearful temper. This is the last point. <laughs> and help us gain new perspective on the situation. So here are some examples. Feeling rise and fall if you let them. People do things that annoy us, not necessarily to annoy us. Self-appointed expectations lead to self-induced frustrations. Excuse, don't accuse yourself and others. There are over 600 weekly recovery international meetings held throughout North America, Ireland, the United Kingdom, Israel, and India. These are the groups we currently have in the Lower Mainland. In North Burnaby, meetings are held every Tuesday at 1 p.m. The leader of this group is Gordon, who will be speaking next. And it's the, probably the best group to attend because one of our leaders, Sue, always bakes us a wonderful cake. Yeah, Port Coquitlam, North Delta, and Langley hold weekly evening meetings on weekdays. We are slowly expanding into Vancouver. Gordon just started a group um, brr, helping with relationship issues, which meets Mondays at noon at 1 and 1st Avenue and Commercial Drive. Uh, and uh, I have started an evening group which attempt to merge the recovery method with the writings of a more contemporary con cognitive behavioral therapist and author, Dr. David Burns. He is the author of the book Feeling Good. We meet at the library branch near 57th Avenue and Victoria Drive. In my opinion, recovery groups are a vital component of a supportive community, and Vancouver should be flooded with such groups. You can help us in the expansion if you join. After six months, you can lead a new group, and you do it, you know, not alone, but two people usually start a new group. To those who can't make it, 
to one of our face-to-face -face meetings. There are also phone meetings and internet meetings available. So now, well, I don't know if I saw you, but Gordon in the next section will for sure will sell you all on our group. So for more info, you can go to meetup.com and look for the anxiety and depression skills group or visit recoveryinternational.org. Well, thank you, Sigal, for your um, introduction. Um, I'm very happy to be here and also very thankful to Ian and, and Dan for getting all this set up. And, uh, you know, I, I am very passionate about recovery because for me, it, it's something that um, has helped me through depression. And uh, it was a long period of time where I wasn't able to work. And I also had a lot of relationship issues with my wife. Uh, they wanted divorce and all these issues. Um, I found that um, I've gone to different types of treatment modalities, um, individual uh, psychotherapy, uh, psychiatrist, pills, and whatnot. Out of all the different treatment methods, I found that uh, recovery was the most successful uh, for me. And um, I found that since I started recovery, um, I'm able to work again. And uh, knock on wood, I'm still married. So I'm, I'm very, very thankful, very, very thankful. Um, one of the things that we're going to be doing today is we're going to be doing an example so that you actually see what we do at the meeting. And uh, I think you'll lead. And Ezra, you want to read the example? Okay. So we'll just do an example, just, just so you understand what we do in a typical meeting. All right. So let's get started on the example. Step one. Report a single situation or event that occurred. Well, what happened this morning is that... Uh, I got up kind of late, it was like 8 o'clock, and then I looked out the window and I saw that snow outside and that's when I, I kind of flipped because I realized that I had to come to the meeting and, and uh, just the thought of the snow just, just sort of scared me. Step two. Report the symptoms you experience, both physical and mental. For instance, angry and fearful thoughts, confusion, palpitations, disturbing impulses, Lightness, tightness in your chest, lowered feelings, sweaty palms, and so on. Well, I had a uh, sort of an angry feeling, but I was more angry at the situation, the fact that it snowed. And I guess I was a bit angry at myself because I should have gone up a bit earlier. And uh, the fearful thought was I would sort of, uh, I might be late for the uh, meeting because uh, I had to do some uh, digging. Because I have quite a, a, a steep driveway and there's quite a bit of snow that was piled up in the back. Um, what type of physical uh, feelings I had was I had some anxiety, I had some uh, lowered feelings, and uh, some, yeah, some sweaty palms, I guess. Yep, so that's about it for that. Yes, step three. Report your spotting and fearful and angry temper. The Recovery International tools you use to help yourself and your self-endorsement for your effort. Uh, my fearful temper, I was uh, worried about being late. The angry temper, uh, I was angry at the situation um, regarding the snow. And the tools I used, um, those are the spotting tools that Sigal was showing earlier. One of the tools I used was um, it's uh, average to make a mistake and that um, I don't have to be a martyr, angel, uh, saint, or hero. 
and that I can drop the exceptional responsibility. And um, I didn't endorse then, but I will now. I'm glad you make it here. Step four. Begin with, before I had my recovery training, and describe the temperamental reaction and symptoms you would have experienced in former days. What would have happened then versus what happened now? This will help you to know the progress you have made. Well, before I did recovery, I would have been a lot more, uh, I guess, very, very anxious. Um, I was... And also, I wouldn't be able to uh, think as clearly because one of the things that uh, recovery teaches you is that well, we believe that we let our intellect guide us rather than our emotion drive us. And I know in the past, I was more driven by emotion. Like, for instance, I would be anxious, and then as a result of being anxious, I wouldn't be able to think clearly. But in this case, I was able to use the uh, tool um, Decide, Plan, and Act, which means I was able to think clearly in the moment. Well, what should I do? So what I did was uh, well, I ran to my son's room and then I, I yelled at him to get up to help me dig out the driveway. And uh, that took off a lot of the anxiety because before I would have just been flustered and I wouldn't know what to do. I, I, I have to admit my son did not like that idea because he was sleeping, but I mean, I realized that it was just too bad. <laughs> so um, I find that uh, that helped me a lot in that I'm able to um, I sort of make my needs met uh, by being uh, assertive in that what I want to do. So um, rather than feeling that I have to take all the responsibility myself to clear the whole driveway, yeah, I, well, he lives there, man. It's too bad. He's going to have to do the digging. So, um, yeah, did you so yell I, at him or did you ask him? Well, I just say it was a very strong suggestion. <laughs> yeah, a very strong suggestion. And uh, especially... I have leverage on him because he doesn't have a car and he has to borrow my car to go anywhere. So I, I'm very fortunate in that respect. Probably my disadvantage if he ever bought a car, definitely. So uh, yeah, so actually I came here. I was only a little bit anxious, not very anxious. So I think uh, that's been quite a big change in terms of how I deal with things. Yeah, sure. Okay. So yes, so now it's the spotting part, and now we Gordon has to be quiet, and we have to come up with spottings that we think would have been uh, useful in this situation. So, if you can change the situation, you can change your attitude towards it. Be self-led, not symptom-led. Spottings, by the way. So these are like little mantras that we have that are easier to remember than remembering a whole book chapter. Um, so that's why we, 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 they're called spottings. And it's, it's just the term they use. Go ahead. Comfort is a want, not a need. Treat mental health as a business and not as a game. Mm, do things in part acts. Nervous symptoms and sensations are distressing, but not dangerous. Okay. Done. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Sigal, for leading the example, and Ezra for uh, reading the example. Um, I just want to talk uh, briefly about what the spotting tools are. The spotting tools uh, basically are, well, I guess you call them mantras or slogans. 
And what these do is a sort of a succinct way that you can insert a thought into your everyday uh, processing that you can actually uh, alter your emotional response. Like for instance, um, the one you, you can't change the situation, but I could change my attitude towards it. Like this morning, I couldn't change the situation that there was snow everywhere, but I could change my attitude. I don't have to be anxious. And you know, this is what people don't really realize is that you believe that your emotions just, just flow over you, that you don't have control over them, but you do. Your anger and all your, your feelings are because you have certain thoughts about the situation. When you analyze it and you think about these thoughts, you can change your emotional reaction. This is not typically something that people do because this is not what we learn. We believe, yes, we're perfectly correct to be angry at someone or something like that. But you don't. You choose to be angry. And that is what changed my life. I chose. I didn't realize that I was choosing my anger. And uh, that was consuming me. And uh, I found that using this program, it's a wonderful sense of freedom that you have. That you're no longer controlled by all these emotional things that you have to do this and that driven by emotion. You can actually control it using intellect. And that is what I am very, very thankful for the program that it's enabled me to understand that. And not only understand that, is to actually implement it. Because using the tools, I was actually had a method I could actually use. Like I had gone to individual therapy. I mean, I, 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 I got nothing but good to say about, you know, the therapist talking about all your feelings and all your past history. I, I think that, that's really wonderful. But I'm telling you, if you really want to change your life and move to something that's going to really help, help you, you start adopting this type of um, uh, practice and it, it can change your life. I found that even uh, accepting one of the tools and really um, sort of absorbing it and actually utilizing it, you can really, really change. Like for me, the, the tool I used was people do things that annoy, not too annoy. Like before I took the recovery practice, I actually believed my wife was saying things to bother me. But I realized it's got nothing to do with that. Her behavior has nothing to do with, with um, my reaction. I choose my reaction. I chose to be hurt by whatever she was saying. I don't have to choose that. And that was where I started changing my relationship. I realized I don't have to blame other people, my wife or anyone else, for how I'm feeling. I take responsibility for my own feelings. And when you can get to that, you will, uh, you will experience like a, a, a fantastic feeling of freedom. And, uh, and I think your mental health will be improved. Um, basically, the spotting tools are uh, sort of functional tools that actually can help change your mood. If you, see, if you look at them that way, rather than whether they're actually true or not, then you can derive benefit from it. Because it doesn't really matter if it's true or false. As long as it helps you, it helps your mood. And I think that's what uh, basically the idea of the spotting tools are. So I think, uh, Ezra, did you want to share something sure. about yours? OK, so Ezra is going to share a little bit right now. Thanks. Um, so I, uh, I found the recovery uh, through Seagull. 
and I was very skeptical. Uh, I've read books on mental health before. This book, um, I started to look at it a little bit at it, and uh, it was because it was based on experiences from the 30s and written in 1950. The language is, is very old-fashioned. They talk about uh, words like temper and things like that that I had to look in the dictionary. Um, but it was very interesting to find out that it doesn't contradict any other uh, information I've gotten before regarding, regarding mental health. Um, and like Sigal said, whenever I read a you know, self-help book, for example, I found that a month later I had forgotten about it. So these having these mantras are very, very simple. And the fact that, for example, Gordon says it doesn't matter if they're true or not. Uh, for example, take the first one that Sigal showed, take mental health as a business, not as a game. Uh, what they're telling you, your mental health is very important. If you have a, um, uh, an emotion that does not allow you to think properly, you want to be able to fix that. So mental health comes is a priority before you can have any rational thoughts. Um, so I, I started using those tools and like for example, people don't do people do things that annoy you not to annoy you. Well, maybe some people actually do things to annoy you. But if you actually think like that people do things that annoy you and not to annoy you, you'll be happier. Your in other words, your mental health, you're taking care of your mental health, you're doing it as a business. It doesn't matter if they're doing things to annoy you. In fact, generally speaking, people don't do things to annoy you. That's my experience. Um, but if it happens that somebody does something to annoy you and you still take it as using the mantra people do things that annoy you but not to annoy you, your mental health will benefit. As an example, in my case, um, I grew up in a household where discussions were frowned upon. Okay, so arguing with my parents was not something that they appreciated or encouraged. Um, I don't think I was in an unusual household uh, in that regard in my generation. So I. When I got married, I wanted to completely reverse that, and I insisted. Uh, in fact, in fact, before getting married, I told my wife, "We're going to discuss every single issue until its final conclusion, because there is a right and wrong to do absolutely everything." And um, I realized that uh, the world is not black and white, and there is a. Um, uh, spotting that I learned when I first joined called, it says, there is no right and wrong in the trivialities of everyday life. And that was a big surprise to me. I mean, I had to this, to argue with my wife the proper way to squeeze um, toothpaste, right? And she has her own tube of toothpaste, I have my own, so why do I care the way she squeezes her own? Um, and things like that. A lot of things are trivialities. We spend a lot of time uh, arguing. In fact, in day-to-day -day life, most of the things we argue about are not life and death situations. They're very trivial. That's just one example that has helped me quite a bit. Um, so, in fact, I never consider myself an angry person. 
but uh, I have become even less angry than before because I don't take things, uh, I try not to take things uh, personal. Good. Thank you, Ezra, for sharing. Um, I just want to uh, talk a little bit about, I think Ezra explained it quite well, what he meant about how uh, recovery helps relationships. Like, for instance, in my case, I could have actually believed my wife was doing things to annoy me. But even if it was true, it's not good to believe that. You actually believe the opposite, that she's not doing it to annoy you. Your relationship will improve. Like, recovery is one of the few methods of uh, treatment that you can actually help a relationship without the partner actually doing couples counseling, for instance, because by changing your own reactivity to the situation in your relationship, you're able to automatically neutralize a lot of the anger and what goes on in the relationship. And so just by working on myself and controlling my own reactivity, my relationship automatically improved. And um, I found that this can be used for so many things besides your, your uh, significant other, your relationship with your boss, your kids, um, whoever. And even you're dealing with some, someone in the uh, bank, for instance. Uh, if you apply these principles, generally whoever you're interacting with, you find that things do, do go a lot better. You will be a lot less reactive. And when that person sees that you're less reactive, they're much more likely to cooperate and try to be helpful. People are not going to be helpful if you're angry and you're very demanding on them. They are going to be like scared off and they're not going to be willing to cooperate. So um, following uh, the principles that Dr. Lowe is saying, always act in a cultured manner. The other one is um, we extend the insincere gesture of fellowship rather than show the sincere uh, feeling of resentment. For instance, what that means is you may resent, like you believe the teller is incompetent or whatever, but you never show that, never. Instead, you act in a cordial way and also in a very cultured way. When you do this, your results are going to be better in your relationships. I just want to go over what we do in a typical meeting. Now, what happened at a typical meeting is, uh, first we'll have a, like a round of introductions. And very often, if there's newcomers in a meeting, we'll ask, well, what brings you to recovery? So maybe we'll spend a few minutes uh, talking about each person. We'll go around. Um, another thing what we'll do is uh, we'll have a question of the week. We may say, uh, what is the spotting tool you use for this week? Or um, maybe describe, uh, uh, describe some uh, incident that, that may have happened. Um, what... What we, we didn't do after that is we will read from our primary text. Uh, she showed a picture of it. The primary text is mental health through well training. Now, if you want a copy of this, uh, you can talk to me after the meeting because this can be gotten through a PDF. So we can, this is online, this document. These are some of the other meetings. Uh, we, it's called The Wisdom of Dr. Lowe. People that want to do uh, recovery uh, through a workbook, there's a workbook and it has exercises in it. So you could like do this yourself, like at home, and do the exercises. Um, these ones, unfortunately, we don't have PDF, these two, but we do have for the primary text. Um, so we will do a reading. Uh, everybody reads a couple paragraphs. 
Um, after the reading period, uh, we will do the example period. That's what I was, I was just doing an example today about the snow. And um, after the example period, we will have a, like a, what we call a mutual aid, where we just generally talk about all kinds of topics, any kind of topics, and then um, uh, Sue brings out her cake. So <laughs> definitely, if you come to the Burnaby meeting, it's quite a. We do have very fortunate that uh, we have some. She does prepare some very good food. Um, I would. At this point, I sort of want to throw it out to any questions. Does anybody have any questions about 